I'm Katie Wallace, host of the Sustainable League, introducing you to the people making an impact in their own way and exploring what it really takes to evolve our consciousness and build towards a more resilient world. If you're feeling it, please subscribe. And if you're really feeling it, we welcome your reviews and connect with us on any of our social media channels for more paradigm shifting banter. This week on Sustainable League, I chat with Charles Barber, founder and CEO of Crucial Four, a Dallas-based company that is ushering in the return of food as medicine with a mission to help you enhance your health and well-being with essential nutrients. Charles traveled the world and from his experiences found that there were four missing food groups. Thus, upon his return, Crucial Four was born. We dive deeper into these four missing food groups, discuss some unpopular opinions relating to the food and healthcare industry, and a bit about why the world would be a much better place if we started treating the earth like a living thing versus the economic commodity the giant industries and consumers alike have allowed it to become. What is up, you guys? My guest today is Charles Barber with Crucial Four, which is a Dallas-based company that is ushering in the return of food as medicine with a mission to help you enhance your health and well-being with essential nutrients harvested directly from Mother Earth. Really badass, I like it. Um, did you have anything to add to that intro? I know we kind of just talked about a little bit, but please feel free to insert it into there. You know, I've been doing this for about 14 years now and you nailed the intro. Uh, anyone who knows me personally knows I can just go out the mouth. And so I think you did a phenomenal job, I think, as long as we keep the listeners engaged, I think we're Perfect. good there. Okay, cool. Okay, so I just kind of for, uh, pre-warned you about this, but pick a number through 100, or one through 365. Pick a I'd good choose one. 365. Of course you would. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, does that mean you have to scroll? I'm just kidding. Um, okay, <laughs> how would you describe your future in three words? That's a good one. Yeah, abundant. Uh, what, what, how, how would I say potential, right? A bit, abundant, golden age, <laughs> and sustainable. I, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna go with those, those three. I'm gonna go with abundant, golden age, and sustainability. Okay, well, that's perfectly aligned with everything that you're doing. So I don't think anyone's going to argue with you on those. Oh, golden age, though. That's a good one. There's definitely no other time that I'd want to live than right now. Right. All right, let's do this. So I, I kind of like to tie everything. Every time I have a guest, I like to tie in why I had them on, essentially. And I think for me, um, Kind of like Gandhi said, if you want to change the world, change yourself. And I think the changes yeah. that we need to see um, are only going to happen once we've connected back in with ourselves, our bodies, our physical, mental health, uh, once we've connected back in with everyone around us, and once we've connected back in with the earth as an actual living thing versus um, how it's kind of been commoditized. And I think that's what's really interesting about what you do is that uh, you're actually working like this holistic um, whole deal and i think it's really amazing so that's my tie-in i don't know if you see any other tie-ins or if nah, that's i'm like amen sister go <laughs> <laughs> what, <you> <laughs> what 
Well, cool. Well, give us some insights just kind of into your journey and how you wound up creating Crucial Four and, and what, what that's looked like. So in the beginning, you know, I won't bore everyone with my, my story from the very beginning, but at, at the end of the day, basically, I found cultures all around the world that had opulent health, you know, and well-being. And so I started to just travel, research, like what are these people doing? And found all these things that we're not doing that they're doing. Mm -hmm. And a big part of that was nutrition. I found all these different foods and herbs and mushrooms and allergies and things like ants and elk antler and colostrum that these people ate regularly. And it just blew me away to see women in their 40s, 50s having children. It blew me away seeing men in their 60s, like going up mountains and, and harvesting certain herbs and crops. And, and just to see how happy they were without all the technological crap that we've shoved into our lifestyles. To see just like you could see it in their eyes, you know, you could see it in their soul. They had this aura around them. And so... You know, th that's really kind of what started all this. If it goes back for me, though, from the very beginning, I had to come to Jesus moment, you know, like I, I was lost, right? And I was like trying to find my purpose in life. And, and this is in my 20s, early 20s, like 2021. And I knew I, I knew I wanted to be into plants and herbs and farming. I kind of come from that background. Uh, but it, it really hit me hard when my mom got breast cancer because she grew up on the farm and yeah she grew up on the farm but we went into the whole modern lifestyle she was a teacher and we lived kind of in the city and my dad wasn't around so we didn't have the most money in the world so i'm sure the nutrition you know we couldn't buy the healthiest food but i mean back then there was no such thing as organic food you know it was just food was food and that really kind of shocked me and led me on this trajectory that I was seeing the trajectory that we're all going on this path of like everyone disease and sickness because it wasn't just my mom it was like everyone around me and in my own health you know and so I had to come to Jesus moment prayed and started getting into Napoleon Hill Zig Ziglar all the self-empowerment guys and I started to recognize my I am presence and who, who I really am and and what that really means and and once I fortified that power I was able to hear the call from source from jaw and um and here we are you know I, I actually saw a little speck of a cacao and a curlian image if you don't know what curlian photography is it's a technology we actually stole from russia and it shows the electromagnetic field of food started getting into the whole idea that we're more electrical than chemical um that's where it started you know i tried some of those foods which back then they weren't even really on the market and the ones that were were real crappy so I really was disenfranchised, to be honest, because I was following like these raw food vegan gurus and I went raw vegan and that really wasn't the best thing, but it was, it wasn't, it wasn't right. And so it's a kind of double-edged sword. I took it all too, too well. and didn't take it with a grain of salt. So I'm a scorpion. So I'm either all in or all out. And now I've had to learn to not be like that sometimes um, with certain things. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of what led me. My mom adopted a lot of what we were talking about. She had a pretty profound healing response. I myself was having healing responses, kundalini awakenings, and these spirits. It connected me closer to God cleaning up my diet. But I was living the vegan lifestyle like a lifestyle and not a diet. And that was where I, you know, should have taken it as a grain of salt versus like diving head in. And that just inspired me to travel. Um, and I, qu I quit my job at what I was doing. And I started working in like a health food store. I was going to college, going to school for biochemistry and horticulture. 
And then I just had a knack. People would come in, they put me in the supplement section and I was told to sell these like multivitamins and all the crap you see in the health food store now. And I was like taking people over to the produce, talking about juicing herbs and like just eating whole foods. And I almost got fired like multiple times because she's like, no, you need to be selling these supplements that, you know, have these crazy margins and all this stuff. And I just, I couldn't do it. You know, like once I had woken up, it was all about love and all about the heart and all about service for myself and then for others. And I couldn't do that to people, you know, I mean, these people were spending five, 600 bucks a month and they're like, Oh, okay. And they still had all these issues. So I'll, I'll cut it there. But yeah, that's kind of like the whole thing in a nutshell. I actually started my business out of that uh, nutrition store because people would come in and ask for me specifically. And then I had left, but during that time I had created relationships and rapport with people in the community where I was. And it just, it spread, you know, it's like if you help people and someone has an issue, they're going to tell someone else if they get healed, you know, and, and just really, it wasn't me that did healing or anything like that. I'm not like, but it was empowering people to show them their power, that the, the true potentiality that they are and use food as nature. And even though the food we were getting back then wasn't, the best ever food is nature food is medicine excuse me um even though the food back then wasn't as medicinal as it could have been it was still good better than what they had been doing you know um and that's what helped people heal so yeah that's that's kind of what started it all katie <laughs> no you gave us the whole thing the whole shebang and i think it's really interesting that i mean it's not really interesting but it's it's that you know change does come through crisis and kind of like having, you know, just especially the experience like with your mom and, and kind of like why, and then looking at these other cultures and they're not having the same issues that we're having and just like, how can we tie that all in together? So I can honestly say that I can relate to um, all of those experiences. That's very much very in line with, with my journey as well. So um, kind of tell us, I mean, well, also, thank you for letting us in all that, but like, kind of tell us more about Crucial Four and about these um, different, the four missing food groups and why they're beneficial and kind of how you, why that's the missing one. Yeah, absolutely. So when I first got into this, I really got more into just the superfood kingdom. And what I started to discover was that not only did these shamans in South America have all these crazy superfoods that when we traveled down there, we saw the meeting that we never heard of. I, I started to think about, well, what's going on in India? What's going on in China? What's going on in other places around the world? And found like Vedic herbalism, Ayurvedic herbalism. Um, I, I didn't really adopt TCM, traditional Chinese medicine in that world, but I really got into shamanism in the Chinese culture, which is Taoism um, and tonic, uh, tonic herbalism which is a little bit different than a lot of inferior herbs that we see in the West or even we see in TCM. So basically what started it was the superfoods, right? And then it expanded out to all these other food groups, right? The four missing, which are herbs, mushrooms, biotics, and algaes. And we can go deeper into those. But just from the, you know, the broad spectrum, that's what the four missing food groups are. And again, we were not eating any of these foods in America. Like no one knew what ashwagandha was 12 years ago. No one knew what spirulina was or um, people knew what cacao was, but they knew it as chocolate in a Hershey's bar. So we never really knew what, you know, and then that whole industry, which is chocolate's a billion dollar industry. So 
I'm not, I don't want to go too deep into that, but there's a whole. You can totally, you can, you can go deep in because uh, people don't know these things. Like when you tell people these things, they're honestly shocked. And to us, they're just obvious maybe at this point, but to so many people, they just don't know what they don't know. So feel free, anything that you want to go down the rabbit hole with, I'm, I'm here for. Okay, cool. Well, just for <laughs> cacao, excuse me, cacao is a good one to go into because we all know it is chocolate. And I think it's funny that it's spelled wrong in two ways, right? Chocolate, which is kind of a made-up word. Cacao, which is the origin, the original word. And then you have another word that the English turned over, cocoa. So cacao is spelled C-A-C-A-O, and cocoa is spelled C-O-C-O-A, right? So what's interesting is that society has, like, changed the name and it just, I mean, I'm not going to go too deep down that hole, but for me, it's just kind of weird because we, how can we actually connect with something when we don't really know its real name or even know how to pronounce it? I, it like, that's such a good point. Like just real quick, think about, you know, everything, like the food that we eat, right? Like a cow, we don't say, oh, I'm going to go eat a cow. We're like, oh, I'm eating beef or a steak or something like that. You know, it's like we have to give it different names so that specifically we can disconnect from the fact that like that's what we're eating. And I feel right. like I'm not going to say it's by design, but yeah, probably um, because kind of like back to the earlier point, um, we've started to more so treat the earth like a commod commodity right? Um, and everything around us is a commodity. And if we actually know what it is that we are eating, we may be less apt to, like, I don't eat meat or dairy or anything like that. Um, but I think that's kind of in, in line with what you're saying, but I'm sorry, continue on. Yeah, no, exactly. And even to go even more profound for us that, that do eat meat, Skittles. Like, what the hell is that, right? It's not even a real food, right? Just talking about disconnecting from what it really is, right? Cheetos, right? These are like made up names, you know what I mean? Like, these aren't even real things, you know? So it's, yeah, it's so interesting. But, you know, chocolate, cacao, or cocoa, right? It's a billion dollar industry, if not trillion. And with that comes Big Brother gets in there and mass produces it like it's a commodity. And here we are as consumers. And we don't really know what the origin of that product is because it's been, you know, most chocolate is milk and sugar, right? It's not really cacao. So, but yeah, so once I started to travel, I started to understand more about genetics um, because in the chocolate industry, for example, most chocolate has been hybridized. So it's been cultivated down into this small plant. It's about four or five foot tall and they call it a bush. But when we go back to what jaw created, what source created, we see these 300 and 400 foot cacao trees up in these volcanic regions. And the volcanic regions are important because all these small trees that have been hybridized, see they grow in the canopy of the jungle. So they have like old growth trees covering them, shading them, and then they're growing like down in underneath there. Whereas in these wild genetics are like up on the mountain tops, they're like reaching for the sun, and if you go to our Flickr, if you go to our Instagram, you can actually see some of these pictures. As you follow us, you see me there with some of these plants. And that just blew me away, you know? Um, I went down there to do some, some spiritual work with certain sacred plant medicines. I was able to tap into all these superfoods and things. And so it really, it just blew me away because when I first had that wild cacao drink, oh, excuse me here. <laughs> um sorry wait can uh, i ask what plant medicines assuming um, 
I've, I've worked with, so I'm ordained under the Santo Daimi, but I worked, that, back then that was ayahuasca and San Pedro. So Wachuma and ayahuasca were those plants um, that I worked with. Uh, but they, they would, when we'd break fast and we'd break uh, in between ceremonies, in pinyags, we would, they would give me these like drinks, you know, and they like wild cacao and superfoods. And so that was actually my first experience of these things. Uh, but I'd already researched it. And, and so what kind of disconnected me, but then reconnected me was I went online about cacao and I saw the curling image. So you guys follow with me here. We're going to go backwards. Curling photography. Oh, what is this? Cacao. I start researching it online and it's like, does all this stuff, has anandamide, bliss cannabinoids, endorphins, seven different phenethylenes, neuron transmitters, 10 times more vitamin C than oranges, number one source of magnesium, iron, chromium, three leading deficiencies in America, magnesium, iron, chromium. I was like, whoa, this is like, this is it. And then I went and bought it, right? Bought cocoa powder. And I was like, this stuff sucks. Like I get jitters. I was all like weird feeling. It was totally not what I read. But when I went and did, you know, went to the source, went to the origin and got the wild genomes, I was like, I was like, this is no wonder they don't want us to have this. Like this is, if they knew this would be illegal, you know, like, like how good I felt and how lifted I felt and how connected I was and, and grounded at the same time and not just so much in the clouds, like a lot of, um, a lot of these foods can do to certain people, especially the plant medicines, if you don't use them right. But, but yeah, so that's kind of going into cacao right it's like it's all about the genetics and then from there it's like how is it manufactured how is it brought to us how is it put together like all these things i learned can either build the product or denature the product you know dilute it out and this is kind of like where why it's been this long i was like oh well, you've been doing this for like 13 14 years like wow like why, why aren't you like big like these other big big companies yet i'm like well we manufacture everything, like we source everything, we mix everything, we do all our logistics. We're not a marketing company that's buying bulk raw materials from a co-packer, like 99% of everyone else in the industry nowadays because it's trendy and it's a cool thing to do and it's cool to be vegan now and it's cool to eat superfoods now. Like I was doing this stuff way before it was cool and trendy. So my whole met methodology, since I do go so fast, is the tortoise every day wins that race, not the hare. And just learning that every day is a new day and to be a little bit more methodical about things because when I first started, I was working one-on-one -on -one with people. I wasn't hidden behind the screen marketing to people. I wasn't hidden behind a retail store. I was right there face-to-face -face with a human being. And, you know, it, it's... I don't know, man. There's just a deeper connection there when you actually work with people one-on-one -on -one versus when you buffer yourself and just try to market. Um, because it's very manipulative what a lot of these marketers do to us. Yes. And I am a marketer, so I, but I, I try to do it as honestly and as transparent as possible. But I kind of want to point out the fact too that a lot of times, like even to your point, I wanted to ask is because everyone has their own ideas that when you build a company that you want to grow and that you want to scale and that you want to get bought out and you want to do all these things. And so they kind of like put these notions on you, but is that even something that you're trying to do or do you like, is what you're doing right now? Do you like it? Is this how you envisioned your life? Like, or are people just kind of like trying to impose what they think a business should look like? You know, for me, when I had my come to Jesus moment, 
it was all like, this is your purpose. So I get really emotional when I talk about this because it, it changed my life. And so this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, I don't want to do anything else. If my children decide to keep this going, good. If not, I'll find someone else. You know, if I'm having these dreams, if I'm having these downloads, other people are, we're all interconnected. We're all children of jaw. So, so yeah, I mean, this is just what I love to do. I, I'm again, I'm all in all out. If I don't love it, then I can't do it. And so, so yeah, you know, without me going into deeper and get too emotional about it, I just, I love, I love what I do. I love being here. I feel so blessed and honored to be in the position I'm in to be able to provide the service I provide because I enjoy it so much. Like, I just, I don't know. I just love it. I, I don't know how to, to tell you. It just comes from the heart through the ethers, you know, through source. So yeah and you can totally tell and i can tell you that i've had just like recently i'm not going to say this year i've had other experiences before but specifically this year to where i've had plant medicine experiences and had the same very much so experience of here's your path here's your purpose but also you're gonna have to kill your ego like or not you're gonna have to basically rein in your ego and stop doing certain things in order for this to like um, to manifest itself. So I definitely understand what you're talking about. It's kind of hard to um, talk to people about it who maybe haven't had a similar experience just because there's nothing that's like it, basically, unless you've done it. So yeah, uh, and, the, and the plant medicines were a tool for me. You know, I, initially, it was just my connection to spirit and the foods connected me to spirit. And the plant medicines were something that I think kind of accelerated that for me mm -hmm. and um i always worked really well in that space so like again i've been ordained under the santo daimi so mm -hmm. it's just i love working with plants like i just i, I feel them like you know i just i'm connected to them and and it's mainly because i want to get connected back to my roots my origin yeah and and through that we like you said we're so disconnected from the food we eat that as soon as and I always tell people if people had to like butcher the cow or kill the chicken, then we'd all be vegetarians like overnight. Mm -hmm. um, now I, I don't live that lifestyle now and I could do that. And I have went out and hunted with the bow and the, done it all right. Like the Native American style and, and have reverence for it because it's all about consciousness, no matter where you are in life and, and what you're adopting. Um, Is there a particular... I haven't even asked, but is there a particular, I understand that everybody's bodies are different and things like that. And that you should, you can, so one person should eat one way and what Ed, cause I, I like, I'm vegan, but I don't push that on anyone else, but I'm just yeah. curious, like what kind of, uh, is there a particular diet that you follow or do you just listen to your body? You know, I've, I've done them all, Katie. I did raw vegan and then I went vegan and went vegetarian. And then I started to put in more raw animal foods. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I fed into a lot of the vegan propaganda that we're destroying the planet and, you know, the animal husbandry is not conducive and there's truth and falseness in there. There's truth in that factory farmed animals. Like we have to get away from that. There's truth that we need to eat way more plants. We have to eat way more plants. But whenever we start to understand like a polyface farm, like Joel Salton does, who's a, you know, grass-fed bee farmer and does chickens, he's actually sequestering more carbon than he's releasing. So we always hear about these animals like creating more CO2 in the atmosphere because they're grass-fed and they actually are sequestering carbon because they're eating grass. And, 
and and this whole you know ecosystem and then learning about farming is really what pushed me to that too because you can't really grow healthy plants without animals if you want a closed loop model now if i want to be a farmer who import imports everything to my farm like let me get some kale from over here let me get some alfalfa meal and i'm not growing anything that's creating fertility on my land you know to me that's the model we currently have and it's why organic food's so expensive uh, but that's not a healthy conducive way to grow food it, it needs to be a closed loop farm model where everything is encompassed and produced on the land and like for me the diet that i follow now is is mainly vegetarian like i'm say i'm 80 percent probably vegetarian but i do like goat dairy like i i can't do cow dairy very well i can do a little bit of, i do i can do ghee um, but it has to be from the right cows uh, but I mainly do goat and I do eggs. Um, and that's kind of like my go-to at the end of the day, you know, uh, that's a diet I kind of hear to, but I, I, I hate the word diet, you know, D I E diet, you know, and I do try to listen to my body because there is a time that I like to be a little bit more ketogenic, but then I don't like always want to be keto. And there is a time that I, I like to intermittent fast and do fasting for spiritual reasons. But then, I don't like to do that all the time because it's trending because my body, I blow and go. Like I have Crucial 4, Crucial 4 Farms, uh, HP Nutrition. Uh, we've got some other companies we're looking at, you know, bringing on and working with. So I just need to be grounded as much as possible and have that, that density. And, um, and yeah, so I, I hate to tell you that I adhere to this or adhere to that, but I really, I've tried them all and, I just, I don't, I don't really adhere to one thing or the other. I just try to listen to my body, but I, but I mainly eat plants and I mainly, you know, yeah, you know, it's just like our product line. I think we've got like two or three products from the Animalia kingdom. Um, ants are the only ones that, you know, like colostrum comes from a dairy cow. And obviously that is uh, not hurting the cow if the, you know, if the cow doesn't get milked and the udder will explode even if there's the after the baby calf gets it still. So anyway, it's just getting back to my origin, going to farms, seeing how food was actually grown and produced for us. It made the animal connection. And then I read this book called The Secret Life of Plants, which showed me that plants were just as living as these animals. And I thought about like all the times I would go out and forage for wild mushrooms and I'd just be like, oh, and I'd just take them. And there was just no consciousness again there. There was no awareness there for like reverence. And this just shook my world. And not only that, when I got my blood work done after four years raw vegan and then six, seven years, mainly just vegan period, like my levels were pretty depleted and maybe I wasn't doing it right. But all I do know is I had like the best superfoods in the world at that time. Like if it wasn't for the superfoods and herbs at Crucial Four, then I probably would have bonked out earlier but I also was living in the city. And so the quality of vegetation that I get in the city is nothing compared to when I'm, when I'm in Ecuador or in South America or in Peru. And like when I'm in those areas, yeah, I'm vegetarian, vegan, cause it's like, I can eat a mango fresh off the tree and I feel satiated and full and satisfied. And what's interesting, though, is that in those regions, you don't have a lot of cows and chickens and, and meat to eat and eggs, really. It's, all you really have are these plants. 
And so, you know, and that's how those people live and eat. But then you go to other areas in the world, like the Eskimos, where plants don't grow, and these people eat whale blubber and like the cod liver oil. And it's just like most, you know, it's, it's like, well, and that's all they eat. Mm-hmm. And they're healthy, just like these people in South America. And, and then that goes into Weston A. Price's work where he traveled the world and he found out that it was really just about the soil that we could literally eat anything as humans. We could choose to be this or that. We could put ourselves in any box that we want to put ourselves in. But as long as the soil is taken care of, as long as the, it's been you know, remediated in this day and age, but as long as the soil is dialed in correctly and the minerals were there, that you pretty much, yeah, could eat whatever you wanted, you know? And it, again, you know, you go to Europe and they eat tons of bread and, and, and the Greek diet, you know? And it's just interesting, you know? It's so, um, so yeah. You brought up so many good points and please don't apologize for like telling the truth because I do, like, oh my gosh, you said so much good stuff because I don't, um, just even me particularly, I just, I don't align with like any, so like anything that has been polarized basically, because it's almost as if there's only two ways and you have to pick one of these two ways or you're against everyone. And I think that everything that you just said is super valuable. They're like, we are constantly, our bodies are constantly changing and it's up to us to stay connected in to see, oh, is this working? Oh, is this, uh, do I need to add something in? Oh, whatever. And not be so attached to our ideologies. Um, because I'm like very easily like veganism has become, it's like an ideology for people. And that if you're not vegan, you don't care about the planet, which is false. (laughs) Climate change is another ideology that I like the, that narrative I don't align with, um, for certain reasons, but also because it's become very polarized and everything is just so complex. You can't just put it into a black and white. And so thank you for bringing up those points. And I think you would know having been doing this work for however long plus the research before that so I you know and and just to go and uh, to catapult onto what you're saying to add to what you're saying i think everyone should go vegan for a short for a period of time i think everyone should i think everyone's got to get the crap out mm-hmm. and a vegan vegetarian diet really helps you do that the vegetation helps you do that and we have to get more plants in our diet, no matter what. And those are like the, the, the main things that I always stand behind and always stay true to. So I just, wanna, I just wanna say that, you know, I think the main thing we need to focus on is supporting, uh, you know, we vote with our wallet, let's be honest. Like we can go and go and do the thing, you know, and whatever that is. But at the end of the day, if we didn't buy these foods or these things, then they wouldn't exist. These companies would go bankrupt. And so I just think about that a lot, you know, and, and like, for me, it's like some of the vegan foods out there now, it's kind of like the beyond meat burgers and stuff like that. Like I get real nervous with seeing where that's going with the transhumanism and then, and seeing the propaganda and how it's being fed to us. I think we need to support local farmers. And I think that we also need to, if we've got health issues, we need to adhere to like the highest nutrition density that we can possibly get in our lives you know but when it comes to our food stuff like when it comes to like the majority of what we eat we want to try to get that as local as possible and that's part of why we started the crucial fork farms uh, franchise model tell us yes tell us a little bit about about the the farm model 
So it started out because I wanted to grow superfoods and herbs. And like, I know people can't see it, but my vision board's up here to the left on my left side next to my altar. And, Bob Marley? Is that and, Bob Marley? Uh, do what? Is that Bob Marley, your poster? Uh, that was just, that's just draped over the thing. But yeah, that is Bobby. I love Bob. Um, I love his story and everything he, he did. He's such an amazing human. Um, but the farm started initially when I got into the superfoods because I was like, well, I want to grow these things, you know, and then I started learning about wild genetics. And as I started to search for wild genetics, I started learning that some people are commoditizing those things as well, right? Because they're trending now and people want them. So I was like, okay, so how can we bridge that gap and how can we make this sustainable? And then I also had things happen to me, like where I'd go to China, I would source things, I'd come back, and then they would like send me different stuff and like tens of thousands of dollars down the drain because I got lied to, you know what I mean? And so there was all these reasons why. And it wasn't until this year that I really started to understand that just basic produce like lettuce and tomatoes was important to grow too. Because when we start to look at the density of nutrition that's in current lettuce, for example, or, and I'm talking organic, I'm not talking conventional here. And we look at where it comes from, it mainly all comes from California. It's got a, a heavy price on getting it to us. It's all grown with like frac water and it's grown with a lot of NPK fertilizers, even though they're certified OMR organic. And the density is just not there. And I had, you know, I had experiences on biodynamic farms where I ate a salad from a biodynamic farm and was full for six hours. And then, you know, you go to Whole Foods and you buy all your stuff and you spend all this time and you get all this stuff and you, you hope you use it all before it all rots out on you. And just to find out that like after I ate it, I'm just like, Bleh. you know, it's like not giving me the mojo that I really needed, you know, the backbone, the foundation to really push me through all this chaos that we all deal with all of us through emf stuff you know all the electromagnetic stuff through chemtrails environmental pollution like all these different things that you know we're just now really being interfaced with for the first time you know we're on these trajectories right now like like you mentioned a few of them and we have to change that trajectory and i feel like the small farm model will do that i think that and, and the thing is, it, it's kind of like blowing up. Like people are really becoming aware of everything I'm talking about, the things you talk about. I mean, that's why we're sitting here today doing this. If people weren't listening to you and your podcast and what you have to say or me and my company, what I'm doing, then obviously there wouldn't be a need. And so there's a problem and we're trying to be that solution. So instead of being consumer, we're trying to be producers. And so, and yeah, and then connecting back to origin. So the farm model is something that we're going to grow superfoods. We're also going to be growing regular produce for people. And um, I'm actually, the site's about to go have another section for the farm. I'm going to be bringing in other products too, like bone broth and, and uh, some other foods <laughs> like go, goat milk and ghee. But then also like I do microgreens now and lettuce now and onions and leeks. And I'm also part of an organization that we're gonna be able to get this device installed in everyone's phone, it's a spectrometer, and you can actually go up to food and take a picture of it and it'll show you the nutrient density of it. So instead of us, me so here saying that, oh, I farm better than this guy and this, all this, this, this noise, it's like, boom, ha, take the picture. And the reason why we wanna do this is because we know how we're growing food, which is a whole nother conversation on how 
the farm model is built and how we how we're building it how we're fertilizing how we're doing things which is of utter importance too and part of why we have to go back to um, getting local food and, and the importance of all that and cross connecting that um, but but yeah so we're, we're really excited to produce all this stuff and get behind all this stuff because we know that our food is going to get the minerals back that it used to have in the 50s because we're seeing it and we're experiencing it and um and and also like planting heirloom genetics versus like these there's this company called johnny's and everyone that's a market gardener goes to johnny's and buys seeds from johnny's and there are a lot of these hybridized cultivars of lettuce and tomatoes and you don't really see a lot of heirloom varieties anymore so so I know I went everywhere. I'm sorry, guys, but that's the whole just uh, for the most part of Crucial for Farms. And oh, that's great. Like, this is very helpful. I think it'd be really cool to even uh, do a follow up once everything, because I know we kind of talked about like coming out to the farm. And I know right now it's probably not the best time, but like uh, once everything's like up and like beautiful and like blooming and stuff like that or growing, I don't blooming, oh, whatever. Um, but yeah, that'd well, be you know. I've only been on, yeah, and I've only been on this property eight months, Katie, so. Oh, like, yeah, so you still it, have time. Yeah, so it's like, I want, when you come out, like, I just got the barn built, and I wanted you to come out during the spring, and yes, you got to do it, because then the goji berries will be going everywhere, mm -hmm. the burns will be filled with herbs, the, the rows are looking great, but right now, they're all under white cover, because it's cold at night, you know, so it'd be like, just kind of, not the first impression I want to give, because. Another part of the farm model is we're setting up small farms. So H1, H2. So houses with one to two acres on them. And you can actually produce a lot of food on one to two acres in a market garden setting with some chickens and maybe some goats. And that's it. And we have bees and stuff like that as well, which is, you know, save the bees, part of that. That whole deal. And so, um, so the idea is that it's not just getting people localized food because I can grow one farm here I, and I've got land in Forsberg. I got a couple hundred acres. I could go out there. I could check out, grow this big mega farm and provide Dallas with a lot of food, but the, I wanted to do something bigger and I wanted to do something that I know a lot of people my age want to get into and which is farming and getting out from their desk jobs and getting out and rooted back into the earth, just like I did, just like I am. And I wanted that to be able to now be a huge, like uh, pure potentiality possibility for people to be able to participate in. Mm -hmm. So now like we're creating jobs and like before I die, I want to do 10,000 farms before I croak. And that's the legacy I want to live. And I feel like that could be a multi-billion dollar infrastructure. And, you know, I've got crucial four, so I'm not really worried about it. I just want to make a massive shift in the food industry. And I feel like this, could do it. This could be something that if someone wanted a farm in Wisconsin or Oklahoma or Louisiana in the South, right? Up North, there's a lot of good farms from slaves down South, that they could do that. And I could show them how to do that. And I can show them all my techniques. And we've got this spectrometer that's showing the mineral density. We've got all these things to really kind of like get people back to where things need to be and get the nutrition of the food up to where it was. And, uh, and yeah, so it's like about creating jobs, you know, it's got this economical implications, you know, as well on, and, and for the economy, um, but then also liberation of the people um, and getting people's, you know, that want to do this because farming's hard work, you know, like, I mean, I was out there this morning, I'm in my coveralls, you know, like, <laughs> I noticed that I was like, yes, true farmer. Yeah, um, yes. I mean, I think people, it's people who haven't grown any sort of plants or anything like I, even when I live in a smaller house and now I own a house that has, um, 
has an acre and we can grow a lot more, but even on, you can grow so much, even on your freaking porch, you know what I mean? Like you can do some stuff. And uh, one, so one thing I'm super passionate about is uh, affordable housing and actually redefining what affordable housing is. And when I go to design these, these communities that I want to see built, that that's probably the centerpiece is this like community space and community like vegetables growing and just like a space where people can reconnect back in with that with that but also because it helps people reconnect back in with themselves because there's something very meditative to just you know turning soil with your hands in your raised beds or even like just little small things and like seeing them grow they become your plant babies and you're like look at them look at them doing their thing and it's what just what you're made out of you're made out of that so why wouldn't you want to connect with what you're made of right yeah. it's so good so yeah i i love that and um uh yeah so that's beautiful I, yeah that's that's and again, you're having the same downloads. We, I think so many of us are on the same level, right? And we just don't know where to get started. And, and, uh, and yeah, that's it. So here we are paving yes. the way. I think you're a great resource for people who want to get started in this thing. And, and that's the biggest thing is like, once you find it out, then it just becomes an obvious truth, but it's just finding that pivotal piece of information that you're going to pick up and then you're going to be like, oh, and then it's going to click. And so yeah. we just keep putting out content and information and it's like, well, hey, we're here whenever you're ready. So, um, okay, cool. So who is crucial for the products that you make? Um, who is it for? And um, are there any stories that kind of stand out to you that um, have been really impactful, maybe just for you hearing it as the creator of this product? Yeah, or so um, I'm the CEO and founder of Crucial4. There's about 12 of us now total. My wife is the COO and she goes to the clinic now where initially that's where I had my most profound experiences is I was mixing everything, sourcing everything, doing everything. I don't have investors. I started everything with 500 bucks uh, 14 years ago, which is uh, kind of interesting on how it all happened. Slow and steady won the race, I guess. But I just started noticing people get better, you know, like with their foods. And so I've literally seen like everything. I've seen people with cancer, with Crohn's, with MS. Um, the guy that introduced us, you know, that's how I met him. And just the breakfast, the product alone really helped him. And that's why he's been a voice for us for so long and still is. And he's part of the crew and I love him to death. And, um, and yeah, so many profound experiences and Really, all of it was was kind of just reconfirmation from source that like this is what you're supposed to be doing. The foods are designed, you know. If I was just like do the marketing thing in our target market, it's really designed for um, to to kind of nurture more of the woman and more of the woman with kids and a family because we feel like she's going to be the one. The woman is going to be the one to change the food system. I can build the food system. But when we talk, we talk about, will you vote with your wallet? So I can build a food system, I can educate, but it's gonna be up to our, our, the women to really, because the men, you know, like nothing against my, my side of things, but we kind of are disconnected from things, uh, from foods and stuff like that. You know, I know I was an exception, but just in my years of doing this man it's it's you guys it's the women you guys are going to change things at the end of the day because you you put the food on the table you know like <laughs> you go grocery shopping you buy the stuff you know you feed the family you know your mothers like 
when we had our children, you know, like, you know, I can help and say things to my wife, but like, she has a connection that I will never have with those children in the beginning. Um, they came out of her literally. Um, so, and you know, just being on the breast and, and that connection and that bond and, and yeah, so, so that's who the, I feel like the product's for, but we you know, but to be like, if I looked at everything and just, you know, we have all types of people. I mean, I have athletes. I work with NBA. I was talking with one of my NBA players yesterday for a few hours. I work with, I work with guys that are in, that are downloaded and get it, you know, that are, and a lot of them are CEOs. Um, our products though, they're, they're, they're not for the Walmart shopper, you know, and they're almost not really for the whole food shopper, but they're the higher tier, you know? So I, you know, I hate to say that we're this elite superfood, but I just, when you start to step into our page, you start to talk about herbs like ashwagandha, alkaloids, saponins, adaptogens, a lot of people glaze over and they shut off because they're just, they don't get it or they don't hear it. So our people are pretty damn educated, you know, and, and I'm pretty tough. Like I, I run, I run kind of a militant machine. Like if you work with me one-on-one, like I don't take no bullshit from people. So it's like, we get in our way so much psychologically with things. And I'm just like, no, stop, stop. And if you can't handle that, you know, and you're like, oh, cause it's true love. Like if you truly love someone, you truly care about someone, you're going to tell them what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. Like, oh, you're so beautiful. You're so great. Like that's just ego fluff. And I love, you know, myself and I love my family and, and people that come to me, I want to give them that love. And so sometimes if I see something that they need to hear, I let them have it, you know, and if they can handle it, they can handle it. They can't, they can't. And uh, no hard feelings. I just, so, but yeah, I, I hope that answered the question pretty well. If I need to elaborate. It did. I think that. the world would be a much better place if we all stopped co-signing each other's bullshit. And I think really fast pace. Um, and so, yeah, to your point, I think there's nothing wrong with, with speaking the truth, especially when you're coming from a place of love. Um, but yeah, sometimes people aren't ready to hear it and sometimes they are. And when, when they are ready to hear it, maybe they'll come back, you know? So I think that's super awesome. Um, so we pretty much uh, talked about a few probably unpopular opinions, but uh, especially relating to food and, and healthcare and stuff like that. But if you have any others that you wanted to discuss, like great, if not, we can, you know, start to, to wind this thing down. Well, I guess I could elaborate on the four missing food groups. Yeah, yeah, please. Go a little deep into those. Sure. So our first one is called superior herbs. And superior herbs are, are herbs that are considered uh, food as medicine. They're functional foods. So when you start to research the origin of how these foods were consumed, they were normally consumed in broths, you know, with paired with animals as substances. But we don't really do that. Not a lot of people cook a lot here and that's changing, you know, and that's part of why I'm doing the farm is to help change, show people how to cook and, and, and get it back in the kitchen. But these herbs are like our first line of defense against stress is what I like to say. They're, they have adaptogenic properties that can help regulate like healthy levels of cortisol. Um, and it's like a stress defense shield, you know, that can protect you mentally and physically in a way. Um, and what's interesting is that like, a lot of these herbs have things inside of them. They're only found within themselves. So for example, ashwagandha has saponins inside of it. And the saponins are named after ashwagandha. 
So you can't go find that sap in, in somewhere else, in some other herb or in a fruit or in another foodstuff. It's only indicative to ashwagandha. And I just find that to be extremely fascinating because when I first got into nutrition, it was like apples and oranges and vitamin A and B and C and all these things and minerals. But when I started tapping into the herbs, I started finding all these different nutrients inside of these herbs that I had never heard about, nor had my body ever, you know, experienced. So it was a missing food group, the crucial four missing food groups and herbs was one of them. Uh, the other one is medicinal mushrooms, which is super trendy right now. And so a lot of people know about it. And so we're talking about polysaccharides that have beta-glucans inside of them. And those beta-glucans can help our immune response. And just like with herbs, we're seeing modulation. That's kind of what, adapt when you hear the word adaptogen, that's kind of really what you're hearing is homeostasis, balance, modulation. The mushrooms do that as well. And when I say mushrooms, I specifically mean medicinal mushrooms. Just like I'm specific in the type of herbs, I'm going to be specific in the type of mushroom. So I'm not talking about portobello's here, guys. I'm talking about reishi and chaga. Real mushrooms. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, and we're actually growing our own cordyceps now. We're actually, I'm setting up my mycology lab right now. So I'm really excited for that. But, but yeah, they feed your immune system vital compounds and you know, that helps support your body. Um, and it helps the body determine what's foreign or what's domestic. So a lot of people have autoimmune conditions and they can't take uh, herbs like, like say you had, um, say you had an autoimmune condition um, like hyperthyroid. If you take stimulating herbs like echinacea for an extended period of time, this can actually make your condition worse. Whereas in like mushrooms and adaptogens actually can downregulate the hyperactivity of your thyroid and bring it down because it's hyperthyroid. Mm -hmm. and, and then hypo, right, is because the opposite of that. So we really need to focus more on these things that modulate and regulate our bodies when we, since we're, there's so many autoimmune conditions uh, around. So that's mushrooms. The other one is algaes and, and seaweeds. And uh, some of us know about them, but not a lot of us do. And, you know, these are just, nature's multivitamin for the most part you know if i was to say people ask me do you do multivitamins i'm like no but i i like spirulina i like chlorella and if you look at it it's packed with nutrition like 70 80 you know ionic minerals inside of it spirulina has a specialty compound known as phycocyanin which helps produce stem cell production which activates all types of healing responses in the body for whatever you need uh, chlorophyll all these beautiful things inside of it that not only feed your body, but help regulate, detox your body, keep your body calibrated, keep it healthy and clean. And then the last one's gonna be your favorite, Katie, <laughs> it's biotic extracts. And uh, these are things that are like from elk velvet, like the elk horn that grows. And so when the elk's in velvet, they're very docile and we can actually go to the top and, and clip the tips. It doesn't harm the animal, the elk, the antler still grows out, you know. Um, there's no pain felt at all. Like these animals are super docile, but that, that end product on that antler has like 70 different growth factors. So for someone, maybe that a young child who was born premature, this could be a phenomenal product to help his body 
start to kind of kickstart his hypothalamus pituitary to get his endocrine system functioning well. Also, like my mom, when she was, which my mom's been cancer free for almost 50, I don't know, like probably 35, 36 years now. But about 10 years ago, we, she was going up and down some stairs and she noticed her knee, you know, and so we're like, okay, here we go. Let's look at this knee. The elk velvet was something that really helped her not have to go get surgery. She was bone on bone. So it helped build cartilage and, and help strengthen her tendons and ligaments because it has uh, all these different transferrin growth, uh, growth factors or fibroblast growth factors or epidural growth factors for the skin. So women that you know, when I have this beautiful skin, like you can put this stuff on your face and like it'll tighten the skin and tighten up wrinkles and take wrinkles back. So when you start to stack that with collagen and camu camu, which is vitamin C, it's like beauty from within. You don't need to be putting all this shit on your face. You just need to eat right. And then you're, you will glow because people say, oh, well, how do you, how do you get such red skin? Like you, you know, I, I hear that. I mean, maybe I'm, I'm full of it, but I've heard it a lot. So I'm just going to say it. And I think it's mainly because my blood's oxygenated. And, and since my blood, blood is oxygenated, it's cherry red. Well, the skin's right on top of that, right? And so, and then the liver pathway for pimples and blemishes and, and all these things, right? So if your liver's cleaned up, then your body's not releasing toxins through the largest organ on your body, which is your skin. Mm -hmm. um, but there's also things like ants and ants have allyhyde compounds that help produce ATP. Um, ants are insects, you know, and all primates eat insects, even monkeys, you know, even the gorilla that we see that is, you know, we, we think he only eats vegetation and he's big and strong, but they actually, gorillas actually eat, um, they're cannibals and they actually eat insects. And we don't hear about this stuff, but you start to really study it. You're like, Ooh, that's kind of like really gross and weird. Like, why would they do that? And you're just like, Oh, well, that's just the reality of it. You're not going to see that on national geographic. Well, you seem to see eating ants a lot. I'm sure a lot of people have seen uh, gorillas eating ants on the sticks and the bamboo sticks and how smart they are. But yeah, so that's biotic extract. It also encompasses probiotics as well. Biotic means living organism. So I started making my own probiotic strands and doing stuff with some, some uh, prehistoric uh, bacteria, some soil-based probiotics, things, stuff like that. But that's the four missing food groups. I feel like they are missing from our diets in America. I feel like we can all um, bring some of these foods in our diets and we're definitely gonna notice a major shift in our awareness, our cognition, how we feel, how we react, respond um, to certain situations. Because if we're constantly stressed, you know, it's like, I always say it's like putting two pounds of shit in a one pound bucket. You know, it's like, we're, we are, always doing that in America in our lifestyles you know we blow when we go when go and we have all this stimulation we're putting so much on our bodies but yet we're fueling our bodies with like the worst stuff ever it's like if you bought a Ferrari if you want to be a Ferrari like you have this image of who you are which we're all Ferraris by the way we're all geniuses we're all children of jaw we're all children of light we're all beautiful creatures we're all the Ferrari but yet we go over and we put like the lowest level gas in it. Like the thing doesn't run. Like literally it'll stop. It won't, I don't even know if nowadays with all electronics probably won't even turn on. But this is what we do. And then to think about like with our cars, another analogy is like um, changing the oil. We change the oil in our cars, right? How dare us not go and get our oil changed in our car because then it won't work. And then we can't get to where we need to get. But do we change the oil in our body? Do we do proper cleansing? And do we you know, like get off certain foods and, and heal our body with plants and 
and start to detox naturally. And so these four missing food groups can help do all of that for you in a nice, gentle way, unless you want to go full on, right? Like you, like you're vegan. I'm sure when you first started vegan, you were detoxing. You might still be detoxing. I know I did for years. Like stuff just kept coming out. I'm like, where is this coming from? Oh my gosh, like, this is crazy. Um, and that's why I, I don't adhere to one way because I think they're all beautiful and they all have a place. It's really more about the context because like, for example, if you were in Dallas and you're a Dallasite and you're running around and you, you say you're super busy, if you start to try to intermittent fast a body that's highly stressed, that's going to make your condition worse. So it's all about the context. Doesn't mean fasting isn't good, but for that person and where they are in that moment, it's really bad because that person just needs to get grounded and then they get nourished. They need to get their ass out of the city and get into doubt, get out in the forest, get grounded, get to mother earth, talk to Pachamama, talk to Jal, do the work and, and just be in the forest. Just being in the forest, you actually breathe in beneficial microbes and they attach to your skin and it builds your immune system, just walking in the forest. And you start to connect back to your origin when you do that. So, so yeah, you know, if that person was to adopt more of that lifestyle and then start to like kind of build their body, build their nervous system up. Like why is everything always getting on our nerves? Right. It's like, cause our nervous system is like this electrical thing. And we're learning about our fascia and how it's, it's got its own nervous system. We're learning about how our, our gut has its own brain neurons. And we're actually finding out our heart has just as many neurons as our gut. And so where is our brain? Is it here? Is it in our heart or is it in our gut? Right. And I'm not going to go into that, but, it's, it's in all three, but at the end of the day, it's like um, a lot of times we, we read things and we, we hear things and we, and, I, and I'm saying this because I, I was hook, line and sinker. Like I'm raising my hand, like I'm guilty as charged here. And I just want to give my experience to people and we go for it and we go all in like I did. I went all in all raw vegan and I don't regret it, but I wish I would have educated myself a little bit. I wish the people that I was following would have been a little bit more honest about the reality of things and been like, you know, like, yeah, we need to eat more plants and yes, we need to adhere to it, but you need to be careful because if you're already stressed out and you already have an autoimmune condition, trying to like switch things up and fast and, and strip everything out and do all this crazy stuff. No, no. First you want to like get down the ground level, get grounded, start building a good solid foundation and then do that work. Um, you know, you can't do the cart before the horse, mm -hmm. so to speak. So yeah, that's solid advice. Like, I think as long as we can, as, as long as people, especially in a position of, I'm not gonna say power, but like, you know, um, being an expert on something, we should talk, speak from our experience versus this is the way that it has to be. And everyone agrees with it, right? A hundred percent of scientists agree with this. 99% of scientists, you know? And yeah. I feel like you really need to stop doing that um, and just like let people be open to their own experience. Own yeah. It's sad because that's how most people get these occult followings, right? Yeah. Where it's like, they're all like, only this, way, only this. And so people are like, man, there must be something to this. And they just get sucked into that ideology. And it's like, dude, that's, that's marketing. Like that to me, that's like, no, like it's never like that. Life's all about balance and don't be so hard on yourselves and like laugh and giggle and like play and have fun. And, and yeah, don't get so caught up and shit. 
you know, like just, just be you follow your heart one day at a time have a daily practice. Like that's always tell everyone like, after all the work I've done, all the sessions I've been through, all the people I've worked with, just have a daily that connects you back to, to spirit, to your source. And yeah, and that'll fortify yourself to, to be able to have a heart that, you know, can radiate love, but also a brain that can hear those downloads, you know, like a, you can actually listen, you have the ears to hear and the eyes to see. But we get so caught up in the day to day and we go, 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 go. And then we're like, oh, we're we spinning. And now I need to go to this thing. And now I need to go to that thing. But we're doing it the same way. It's the same thing with the, the medical industry now. It's a pill for a nail. So people are trading, you know, pharmaceuticals for, you know, natural food supplements and pills. They're, you know, and I go to that because we're not adhering to our taste buds. You know, our taste buds are real important. They're signalers. And if you eat something that's bitter or really isn't bitter, but you're like, oh my gosh, that's bitter, then there's certain organs and meridians that are connected to those taste buds and those organs are probably heavily stressed. And so you can use your palate as a barometer to tell you like where you are in your diet and in your life. You know, are you bitter about things? You know, the, these things get connect us. They go inner, they all go inside and outside like a, like a mandala, like a flower of life, which is what we are, like the Fibonacci which is who we are. And as we get more up into the higher octaves, we get more symmetry, more organization, more discipline, because the, the shapes are even more like finite and there's more stuff going on. So it's more order. So that means you need to practice daily even more, you know, especially if you're being spun out with uh, the lifestyles that we live, which I'm not saying we shouldn't live the lifestyles we live. I'm just saying if we are, we have to be conscious of those lifestyles and start to understand that if we're gonna play hard, or if we're going to work hard, we got to play hard too, you know? Yeah. All about um. balance, right? Okay. Well, I feel like we could go on and on and, and we probably should <laughs> continue this conversation, but um, is there anything else that you wanted to leave listeners with piece of advice? I mean, I feel like you just gave a bunch of really solid stuff right there, but this will be the final thing. And then you will be free to go about your day and go finish farming or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, I just, you know, don't get so, you know, maybe this advice for me, but I'm sure there's people just like, like me out there. Don't be so hard on yourselves. We're in Christmas right now. Christmas is about giving. It's about love. And we're supposed to be resting right now. So that my advice would be, you know, for right now, what's going on right now in our lives and our ecosystem and like, just, just chill. They remember family and friends are important, you know, money and all these things. It's an illusion, man. It's the Maya and just follow your heart. That's beautiful. Beautiful. All right. Well, thank you so much for jumping on. I'm going to end this right now. The end. You're dedicated and I love it. Thanks for sticking around. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe. It really helps me out, but also just to hang out and get weird with me every week. Drop me a line. I would love to know what you think.